Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. It's time for the Baseball Talk Radio podcast. And this week we'll be talking about the Hall of Fame vote, countdown to opening day, and a whole lot more on this edition of Baseball Talk Radio Show. <laughs> Everyone, and welcome to this edition of the Baseball Talk Radio Show for the 14th of January, 2017. My name is Rich. And I'm Gary. Hello, Mr. Gary Mack. And, well, we're already in the middle of the month of January. We've got less than a week to go to find out who gets elected, if anyone, to the Hall of Fame of Baseball. And we're starting that countdown now. It's starting to look uh, a little bit better every day as we uh, march towards opening day for 2017 and the baseball season. Yes, Rich, it's getting in as we both sit in uh, rainy, snowy weather here in the Northeast. We're dreaming of uh, sunshine and palm trees and and spring training. And uh, soon enough, baseball will be upon us. And, boy, I certainly can't wait. Yeah, we're down to, uh, I've got my baseball countdown clock uh, on my computer. 78 days till opening day. That kind of sounds very much like uh, just a few months. Of course, it's almost three months, but uh, who's counting? We've only got about, what, six weeks to uh, first spring training game or so. Yeah, maybe even less than that, 29 days to uh, pitches and catches. So, yeah, probably um, about uh, six weeks to the first uh, spring training game. And, boy, it's exciting. And now things hopefully will heat up. We had the official and official arbitration. Um, yes. People uh, able to um, be signed and uh, not go to arbitration. And a bunch of them happened yesterday. Uh uh, I know the Mets signed a lot of their players that were for arbitration. I I think they they got them all. I'm not sure. There may be one that I'm missing, but um, I believe that they signed all of theirs. And uh, I see the Phillies signed Freddie Galvis to avoid arbitration with him. And uh, Blue Jays, uh, Darwin Barney, uh, Trevor Bauer with the Indians. Uh, just a bunch of guys signed. So. We're moving along. The The process of the business of baseball is slowly moving all along. Still a bunch of free agents out there and nothing on that front yet. Trade front and the free agent front is kind of frozen. But, you know, as we get closer to spring training, teams will want to get settled. So maybe those deals will begin to uh, happen. And once they do, it should go like dominoes. And they'll go very, very, very quickly. Yes, they will. Uh, 
soon as we start talking about spring training, I, I'm sure we're going to hear some names get signed. It's only a matter of time. Some of these teams are still on the fence, you know, still wondering should they go ahead and make that expenditure for this player or that player. But I think they uh, are going to going to make that decision. Like you said, they, they don't have too much more time to uh, to do that and get, get a guy into camp, get him ready to play for the team, so on and so forth. But uh, I wanted to thank our old friend now, Jim Campanis Jr., for appearing on our show last week. We had a great talk with him, and uh, it was so nice to talk with him about his experience of baseball and uh, his family and all that stuff. I thought that really went well, Gary. Yeah, I really had a good time, Rich. And, and like you said, it's great to talk to these guys. And and they're just, you know, we've played ball, but not on the level that these guys have been. And it's just so much more interesting to hear about the their particular uh, viewpoints and, and their levels and uh you know, he, he, he did something. I know he, he said he was quite disappointed that he made it to the big leagues, but he did something that a lot of us only dreamed of as kids. And he played professional baseball and he made it to the, the, you might say the second highest level of professional baseball. And, um, you know, it's a thrill. As I told this story before, it's a thrill when you see these kids at the, the, the lowest levels of minor league baseball and realize that they've, they've completed a dream of playing professional baseball and they've done something that we've only dreamed of. And whether they go on or they're finished at that level or, or the next level and they don't get beyond that, it's still something to look back at and to be proud of in your lifetime. Yes, indeed. And of course, uh, from last year, a lot of the players are still, uh, getting ready for this year, but the Cubbies had their uh, convention and their fans convention uh, just recently, a couple of days ago. And uh, a lot of the Cubs players were just nothing but smiles during this event. And that's really a nice thing to do. I don't know if the Mets uh, do this in, in New York, Gary, but uh, I know the Phillies don't. They sort of um, have what they call a winter caravan where they have these little dinners in different towns that the uh, usually the minor league teams are are in across the state of Pennsylvania and one in New Jersey, they have little get-togethers like that. But there's not really a fans convention that they held uh, ever there. But the Cubs did have a convention, a 32nd one, actually, and it gives the fans a little chance to all get together and um, experience some of that uh, funness of baseball, so to speak. And I'm just so surprised that it hasn't caught on in other major league cities. Yeah, I agree. Uh, a lot of them do uh, uh, fan fests, which is the same thing, a uh, similar thing. They did one in Pittsburgh, I know. Uh, they have the one in Chicago, like you said. Um, Baltimore is big on it over the winter having a fan fest. They have a lot of the guys there. So uh, it is really a big thing, and I don't understand why they don't do it more. There is an independent one up here that's going to be in two weeks called the Queens Baseball Convention. That That's uh, going to have a couple of the Mets guests there. Bobby Valentine and Tim Tuffle will be there. Um, but that's all independently run and put together by these 
a group of guys that started it. This will be the third one, though last year's was canceled by a blizzard. But I don't know why the team doesn't do it, to be honest with you. I think it's a great thing, like you said. And, you know, nowadays you got to start breaking down the barriers between some of these players. And and you uh, the uh, you want to reach the youth more, and that's how you reach them, by showing that these guys are human and, and have them sign autographs. And, and you know what? Put on a smile. Is it? There's nothing I have seen guys at these autograph shows where they're getting paid to sign and they're grumpy as hell like they don't want to be there, you know? But come on, you know, you're getting paid to sign there. At least be a little smiley, say something to the fans, or don't show up then, don't take the paycheck. Right. (laughs) And um, correct me if I'm wrong, but you're going to have a speaking engagement at one of these – type local conventions around uh, New York. Is that not correct? Uh, well, I'm going to have a speaking engagement, and it's going to be actually at a men's club um, that I'm going to be talking to in February, and uh, I have no idea what I'm going to say. I've never uh, done anything like this before, but they wanted me to talk and to talk about podcasting and to talk about the Mets, so um, I guess that's what I'll talk about be very interesting i hope you capture that on on video or audio tape for yourself maybe even make a podcast out of that that really would be interesting i'll have to see yeah i don't know how how i can do it but i'll try to figure out something yes indeed so looking forward towards that only about a month away for you there and uh, one of our fellow podcasts on the baseballtalkradio.com website which is of course a Big collection of podcasts talking all about baseball. There's a 24-hour day, seven-day-a-week radio feed there, constantly updated with brand-new shows playing around the clock. Well, Ivy Envy is the name of the podcast. Uh, it's a Cubs podcast. And just about five weeks ago or so, they were knocked off the Internet. Uh, apparently, somehow, uh, their website was hacked and they had a hosting service that they dealt with with the Internet, and the hosting service politely asked them to move on. For some reason, they wow. become the brunt of an Internet attack uh, by some uh, malicious hacker of, of some sort, and uh, they brought the website down, and, of course, I believe they used uh, WordPress to host their podcast there, so all of a sudden their podcast was knocked off the air as well. Hmm. But, uh, they've since had an update show or a couple updates uh, talking about the experience. Uh, and, of course, you can hear that at BaseballTalkRadio.com. I believe it's uh, show number 8.82 is uh, what they call that show. That's their most recent one as of the time we're doing this podcast. But, uh, I checked tonight, and the IVNV.com site for all you Cubs fans out there is back up. It says they'll be up and online shortly, uh, and they have a link to their podcast, of course, and you can find that at BaseballTalkRadio.com as well. So it's nice to see those guys back on the Internet in some form and uh, you know, hearing the podcast again. They do a great show and have a fun time doing it. And, wonder why somebody would 
find it in the, uh, you know, in their heart to do that to a podcast like that. Not a Cubs fan. <laughs> he'd be, I don't know, maybe he's a Cardinals fan. Uh, or maybe it was the Russians, Rich. Yeah. We... <laughs> They're hacking everybody. Oh. The Russians, but, uh, as we know, some of that stuff is, uh, is true and some of it isn't. So we'll have to. Uh, <laughs> Maybe they have a dossier on uh, Corey. <laughs> Corey Finneran of IVNV. Never know. It's, uh, it's a lot of that talk going around. So. Yeah. But anyway, those guys will be back. And uh, it's just good to hear them back uh, talking about baseball and of course, they're the, the kings of the block now. They have the Cubs podcast, one of the Cubs podcasts, and uh, they they have the bragging rights for this year. So interesting to hear what they say. And as we let off in the first part of the show, Gary, we talked about the Hall of Fame vote coming up in just uh, less than a week now, uh, about five days from the time we do this podcast. We'll have some results for you. And uh, it'll be interesting to see who gets in this year. Uh, it certainly r- will, Rich. And, of course, uh, Vladimir Guerrero and uh, Pudge Rodriguez are up for the first time. There's a lot of people think they're going to get in. I don't think their first ballot Hall of Fame is, but you never know. Um, some of the, the uh, sports writers have made their ballots Public already, and uh, well, uh, three uh, Bagwell, I think Tim Raines and Rodriguez will were all above the seventy five percent point, but there were still a lot of votes to be tallied, so that that could change. But um, I don't know. I have my, I really look at it and really don't see anybody that I think is hall worthy. I guess I have a. a a high criteria in that I'm old school and I don't know when I just think of guys like Ruth and Garrick and DiMaggio and Mays and Mantle and uh, somehow uh, Bagwell don't fit in with that. So, but you know, that's me. Um, uh, It's, it's a a trend that's going on towards the voting is a lot with saber metrics. and, And that really disturbs me because some of the guys that they say belong in the Hall of Fame, to me, just were not Hall of Fame players. Were not dominating enough. Uh, and uh, as you know, I'm totally against the DH getting into the Hall of Fame. Though I know Ortiz is bound to get in, uh, but uh, uh, totally 100 percent against that. Don't think they they play. Yes, they play a position, but it's it's a half of a position. So. Um, I'm against that, but uh, it'll be interesting to see this week. I think it's Wednesday the vote comes out. We'll see who the actual vote uh, gets in. Yeah, and I read an article today. uh, It's in the Weekend Wall Street Journal about the Baseball Hall of Fame, and uh, the title of the article is Cooperstown's Not-So-Secret Ballot an informal exit poll of voting results for baseball's hall of fame is changing the way writers vote while making others feel the wrath of social media. And what they were referring to in the article was an informal poll by a fan, believe it or not, 
35 year old Oakland Athletics fan uh, who they claim has inadvertently changed the hall voting process for the past few years. Uh, this gentleman trying to pronounce his name, but I, I know I'm going <laughs> to. Ibodaw is about the closest I could come to a good pronunciation of it. Uh, anyway, he has a Hall of Fame tracker, which is online and is color coded spreadsheet that supposedly compiles. Uh, every vote received for the Hall of Fame in real time. So he does uh, exit polls from the different writers and records them on this sheet for everybody to read. So what it says further on in the article is a lot of this is starting to bring the wrath of social media upon some of the writers. Now, they all of a sudden, their vote is no longer private. They have to sort of explain themselves. Why did they vote for certain players or why did they not vote for certain players? And then later on in the article, even later, it says that the Baseball Writers Association is moving towards a transparency. In fact, next year, they will reveal each writer and every vote they make. And I, I think that's kind of a, the opposite of the voting process, isn't it, Gary? I think so. I mean, I, I always thought it was supposed to be a secret ballot. Um, do you want writers to be harassed into voting for certain certain people? Um, we don't always agree with the writers and who they vote for, but uh, to to open them up to these kind of. Uh, Attacks, if you will. I don't know how smart that is. It is their opinion. It is their vote. And let's face it, they see a lot more games than we do. And I don't think that, um, you know, it's what concerns me with the sabermetrics. The, the one guy on MLB Networks, uh, is it Brian Kelly that's big on the sabermetrics? I mean, he's around, and some of the guys he's talking about are like, uh, you know, for instance, uh, he was arguing with a writer one day, and the writer said, "Yeah, I know." And uh, who I can't think of the guy's name now. Ah, oh, the tiger. The name escapes me. But this guy had a better war, whatever that it means, than Derek Jeter. And the question was, but who would you really rather have up in the seventh game? in the ninth inning of a World Series game, Derek Jeter or this other guy. And, uh, I mean, it was a clear-cut answer. You'd want Derek Jeter up. I wish I could remember the guy's name. But um, but the, the, the point is that the, the statistics can show you things, but they're not always accurate. They can't show dominance. They can't show uh, hard. We've been through this before. We've talked about this. And, I, I think that these writers see these guys day in and day out, and they talk to them in the locker room. They know who the gamers are and who aren't the gamers. And uh, I, I think it should not be uh, let out there who they vote for. If they want to put out the ballot that they they filled out, that's a different story. But to, to have to put it out, I don't think that's a good thing. 
And there's a political science professor from Fordham University who says voters could fall victim to social desirability bias, which says that survey respondents tend to make selections that will be viewed favorably by others. In other words, they're getting uh, peer pressure to vote for certain players because right. make their readers happy or whoever's monitoring this poll. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, he, he explains that it's sort of the opposite of uh, having a secret vote uh, and inviting a lot of external influences on your voting process. So I'm quite concerned why a group of writers would like to reveal everything, and they voted on it. That's the funny thing. It wasn't Mm -hmm. some other group that came in and said, yeah, we're going to make your vote all public now. They actually voted on it themselves. I, I don't know. I don't think, you know, I mean, for instance, what happens if a guy votes for Clemens and Bonds and then he keeps getting these emails about you voted for cheaters and you're no good. You're a bu-. Why would you want to put yourself through that? I don't know. But uh, we'll see what happens. You know, you know, it's like anything else. They'll they think it's a great idea now. And then uh, if it starts backfiring on them, they'll be having a vote to end it uh, pretty soon. And uh, the secretary treasurer of the Baseball Writers of America says he knows of at least two writers who have stopped voting because of the social media outrage hurled in their direction. So, you know, there is a group amongst the writers that do not think this is a good idea. But for some reason, they have been uh, outvoted for now. And uh, I, I just think it's kind of ridiculous because it's going to take away from the Hall of Fame vote itself. Thoughts and uh, comments and reactions are going to go towards the people and how they voted rather than the actual vote. That might become a bigger story and take away from the Hall of Fame. Right, right, right. Uh, I agree. It could. It could do that. It could be more about who they voted for instead of who got in. And uh, it, it really should be about who got in. So we'll know for our next show, we'll be talking about the uh, winner, if there is one, of course. They don't have to elect somebody into the Hall of Fame, though they normally normally do most of the time, and they certainly have some good names on the ballot to be uh, announced uh, as winners, or at least one, maybe. We'll have and, and Rich, uh, who do you think should go in this year? <clears throat> Well, I've never been a huge Bagwell fan myself. Uh, As you said, he did have a long career. Uh, I haven't really studied the ballot myself uh, too much. I just think a lot of that is political. Um, Some of these players uh, that have been voted in, I'm not a big fan of. I I tend to hold... um, certain players to a higher standard. Um, Let's just take a look at some of the ballots here for 2017. We have uh, Tim Raines, uh, Trevor Hoffman, Kurt Schilling, Bagwell ranks up there. Um, He had 71.6% of ballots, it looks like here at one point. So he almost made it in. 
Um, Kurt Schilling. Of course, your steroid group, Clemens, Bonds, Martinez. I think you have to throw them out of the mix. Sammy Sosa, um, Manny Ramirez. A lot of these steroid guys are still amongst the group that's going to be voted upon. Um, I guess you could probably say that maybe uh, Bagwell has 449 home runs in his career and 1,529 RBIs if you want to look at things that way and and count by numbers. Uh, But you've got other guys as well. Gary Sheffield's got 1,676 RBIs and 509 home runs. So if you voted for Bagwell, I guess you're you're voting for the player's position, maybe. <laughs> well, that's a good point. I mean, why wouldn't Sheffield consider get more consideration then? He's got more home runs. He's got more RBIs. Um, it goes back to my argument with Billy Wagner. They were mentioning him last year. How many votes will he get in? Will he get in at all? And and not a mention of John Franco, who's probably not even on the ballot now because uh, he never got anywhere close to it. Um, I don't understand. If you're going to use statistics, then you got to use them all the way down the line. I don't get Tim Raines has got the same statistics now in his 10th year on the ballot last year that he did for the previous nine. But why would he be now? Why is he now Hall of Fame material? And he wasn't eight years ago or nine years ago. I, I don't understand that at all. So uh, it, it's, it's a crazy thing. And, uh, but, you know, this is the way people think. So uh, hard to fathom what could go on when these, uh, when you know, what thought processes goes about. But my big thing is with Tim Raines. I don't – how is he a Hall of Famer now and he wasn't nine years ago? Yeah, that's just the other players in that particular class that he's running against. That's that's the the whole – nine yards of it. Uh, some of these guys are not as good as some of the players in the last eight or nine, ten years. And every year it changes. Next year there will be a, a whole new group of guys. Probably a couple of them will go straight up to the top of the list. And, you know, as we used to talk about, you know, some of these players get dropped off the list if they're not uh, within certain percentages now. And uh, it'll be interesting to see uh, – who the writers vote on because uh, a lot of these guys can't even come to a, a decision on other things, let alone a vote like this. So uh, be interesting to see who gets in this year. And it, I guess you could say it's kind of a weak class this year uh, for 2017. Uh, Sheffield getting back to him, he had 22 seasons in. So uh, I think longevity sort of helps you. Sometimes in these votes, uh, if you can hang around that many years, a lot of these guys don't come up that early anymore. They don't get called up at 21, 22 anymore. You're 25 before you make right roster anymore. Yeah, and and I think personality has something to do with it too. And and you know, Sheffield was a kind of a gruff guy, and and admitted that he he dogged it in Milwaukee to get traded, and that doesn't help him. But you know, I guess my argument is you can't use the saber metrics to put certain guys in, 
and then other guys say, "Well, yeah, he's got the stats, but he was a, he was a bad guy." You know, um, other than beating his wife or killing somebody, you know, uh, or or apparently betting on baseball, you can't get in the Hall of Fame. And uh, I'm not sure. I, I'm glad you brought up the Sheffield because that is an interesting point that. He has much better numbers than Bagwell, and yet he's not going to be able to get in the Hall of Fame. And Jeff Kent's another guy that's got pretty good numbers, maybe borderline Hall of Fame numbers, but was you know he had a couple of years where he was dominating, and uh, I just don't see that. I don't see that from any of these players. Uh, I I don't. Bagwell was a feared hitter, but he wasn't. Frightening. He wasn't uh, a scary hitter like Bonds was, right? And um, you know, I mean, Hoffman was a good uh, relief pitcher and holds the the uh, save uh, leader, most saves and everything. But I don't think he was a dominating save guy as uh, some of these guys were. So I, it, it just, I don't know. I, I just. Um, you know, Pudge Rodriguez, terrific catcher, but he's got the, the PED uh, st- stain on him, if you will. And uh, his offensive numbers are okay. Why would you put him in on first ballot? And Mike Piazza had to wait four years when he was clearly the uh, better offensive player. Uh, not defensively, but a better offensive player. So... I, I don't know. It's a, it's a crazy thing, and I think a lot of time it's personality. And but they won't they don't want to admit that. And getting back to the transparency in the vote, um, you have to refer back to last year. There was another article uh, in reference to this, and Ken Griffey had the highest percentage of vote for first place into the Hall of Fame last year at ninety nine point three percent. The witch hunt was out there to find the extra guys out that didn't vote for Ken Griffey. They wanted to know who did not vote for Ken Griffey. Now, why would you want to know that? That that goes back to my point. If you didn't vote for him first, then why should you know that? Or why would you want to know that? Well, people want to know who, who didn't vote for him for – uh, for MVP, but yeah, I mean, for a Hall of Fame, but you know, some people just didn't. It's not that they don't feel that he shouldn't be in. They perhaps felt he shouldn't be in on a first ballot. And there are a lot of writers that felt that, that the first ballot should be, you know, uh, like a, a Ty Cobb or a Lou Gehrig or something like that. I don't think Babe Ruth made it in on a first ballot. It was in a first class, so I guess it's different. But there were guys that that were, you know, legends of the game that didn't get in on a first ballot. And um, some people just think that, that, that maybe they think that nobody deserves to go in their first opportunity around. Um, kind of crazy, but that's the way some guys think. Yeah, and that's how... You know, a lot of the social media, once it jumps on something, it becomes a takes a life of its own. Mm-hmm. You know, they they want to get these names out there. And if I'm a baseball writer, I'm I'm just not going to be in favor of that. I want a, a little. And 
anonymity in my vote uh, for whatever reason, because that that's all about voting. If if you went to the ballot box and voted for president and somebody asked you afterwards, who did you vote for or your results were public knowledge that that takes away? That's not democratic. That's not voting anymore. <laughs> well, that's true. And like I said, if they wish to release their ballot, that's their own choice. Um, and they can most certainly do that. But to uh, make it uh, that they have to release it. I don't know. And, and again, as we were discussing, they have to do it after the fact or else there'd be no, they can't keep, you know, as, as these guys vote, if they release their ballot right away, you can't, there's no sense. They'd have no, uh, no surprise on the day they're going to make the announcement because all you got to do is just every time somebody releases something, add up who they did and keep your own track. People are doing that now, as you said. So, um, it's kind of crazy, but we'll see how it works out and what they decide to do. Yes, indeed. Only a few short days away uh, for that vote to be announced. And we'll certainly be talking it all about it on the next show. And we want to thank all our listeners for tuning into this edition of the Baseball Talk Radio Show. And drop us a line. Let us know uh, where you listen from and what you like about the show. If you have a question or a comment, something you'd like us to cover on an upcoming show, don't hesitate to uh, contact us. Uh, you can write Gary at Gary at BaseballTalkRadio.com or you can write myself, Rich at BaseballRadioTalkRadio.com, that is, and uh, we'll be glad to uh, either talk about it on the air if you'd like or you know take your suggestion and run with it. So. I want to thank everybody for staying with us here in 2017. Gary, we have a whole lot of uh, great shows coming up before the season starts. Some great guests we're going to invite on. We'll see who can accept our invitations for that. And uh, I'm really looking forward to it as the uh, weeks move on here. Yeah, a um, bunch of invites out there. We'll see who replies. Sometimes it's it's hard to get uh, uh, people uh, in the in the know, uh, if you will, uh, now because uh, they just don't want to bother. They're working other areas, but we 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 got them out there. The invites, and I'm sure we'll be able to reel somebody in. Yes, indeed. Stop by our Patreon page if you've ever wanted to sponsor the show. We'd appreciate it. It's at patreon.com, that's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash baseball talk. And there you'll see uh, a monthly pledge that you can make to us, uh, to the show here, and it'll go towards our show hosting. Great, greatly improve the show with uh, more of your donations. So we encourage you to stop by the patreon.com forward slash baseball talk. And of course, Listening on Gary's Mets Musings, his weekly talk show about the Mets, and my Phillies Talk podcast as well as hear a little bit talk about the Phillies. Gary, have a great week, and I can't wait for next week's show. All right, Rich, you do the same. See you then. Bye.